One time, uh, I was preparing to take communion, and I thought, in the Passover, they, they had the unleavened bread, the flat bread, right? So why do we use just like some random loaf that we get and, and you know, it's, got, it's full of leaven? And then I remembered, Jesus became sin for us. And leaven represents sin. And then he rose again, and the bread is risen. So I thought, how pertinent that the, the church uses risen bread instead of the flat bread that the, the, the um, Israelites use. So it was interesting. There's a segue into today's message, actually, because if you know me, you know that I like the typology in the scriptures and the symbology that comes from it. And today's message is it's given to you to know. So consider it a little bit more of a teaching lesson and less of a preaching message. But I have one question to kind of keep it like a preaching message. And that is, do you have ears to hear? Okay? So that's, just keep that in mind. Do you have ears to hear? So the scripture starts with, in Mark 4, verse 1 to 20, it says, and he began to teach by the seaside. If Jesus was able to teach, then that's okay for me too, right? So it's going to be a real teaching lesson today. So, and there were gathered unto him a great multitude so that he entered into a ship. Okay, a couple weeks ago when I preached on March th- Mark 3, that's exactly what he did. He went out into a boat. He went to the vessel, right? Same thing. Okay. So he entered into a ship and sat in the sea, and the whole multitude was by the sea on the land. And he taught them many things by parables and said unto them in his doctrine, Hearken, which means to listen, listen up. Behold, there went out a sower to sow. And it came to pass, as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. And some fell on the stony ground, where it had not much earth, and immediately sprang up, because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, because it had no root, it withered away. And some fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up, and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. And others fell on the good ground and did yield fruit that sprang up and increased and and brought forth some 30 and some 60 and some 100. And he said unto them, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was alone, they that were about him with the 12 asked him the parable. He said unto them, unto you. It's given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But unto them that are without, all these things are done in parables. That seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven them. And he said unto them, Know you not this parable? How then will you know all parables? The sower soweth the word. And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. 
But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. And these are they likewise, which are sown on the stony ground, who, when they have heard the word, immediately received it with gladness, and have no root in themselves, and so endure for about a time afterward, when affliction or persecution ariseth for the word's sake, for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lusts of other things entering in, choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word, and receive it, and bringeth forth fruit, some thirty, some sixty, and some hundred. Now, the normal focus of the passage is talking about the soils and all the things that can trip you up in your life, etc. And you probably have heard that when you've heard the Mark 4 or Matthew 13 or Luke 8. But I want to focus on it's given to you to know. Because he said, and he said unto them, Know you not this parable? And how then will you know all parables? In other words, if you can't crack this nut, the rest aren't coming off and the wheel's stuck on the truck. Okay? Just came up with that right now. <laughs> if you can't get this one, you're not going to get the rest. Okay? So there's a key here. There's something to this passage. And what is the key? I think it says it a little better in Luke 8. It says, Luke 8, 11, now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. So if you're doing a logic problem, seed equals word of God. Okay, does it make sense everybody? Seed equals the word of God. Okay. I'm going to get some slides out because I forgot all about that. Nope. Am I hitting the right button? Okay. So there's all the scriptures that I wanted you to read while I did it, but sorry. Okay. Um, I'll get to the race board. I changed my mind here for a second. So Isaiah 28 we're going to read this together because this is going to explain how we're going to do this, okay? So it says, Whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast? Now, we're told in Corinthians to desire the sincere milk of the word. So that's good. That's a foundation. But later, Paul says that we are supposed to leave off the milk and get into the meat, to dig a little deeper, okay? So this is how. For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little. There's a mouthful, hey? So you want to get some doctrine? You do it by laying precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little, all right? I was talking with a friend yesterday on the phone. I said, you'll never get doctrine from one verse. You get it from that verse agreeing with another verse, and probably another one. 
Now, that's a bold statement, but it's not my statement. Jesus said it. He said that every word of God is established by two or by three witnesses. So that's not my own idea. That's God's. If he's going to tell you something, he's going to make sure he does it and says it again and maybe says it again to make sure it's established. It was so serious, there's four Gospels, right? To make sure we get it. There's four of them, okay? You get to sit in the history of the Old, Old Testament. You get the story of Samuel and Kings, and then we get to see it again, at least most of it, through Chronicles, okay? So you get, you get this, uh, Job said, God speaketh once, yea, twice, okay? All right. For with stammering lips and an unknown tongue, do you remember who spoke with that kind of talk? Who had trouble talking in the Bible? Moses. And he brought us what? The law and the commandments. Okay. So, with stammering lips and an unknown tongue, we speak to this people. That's kind of like a parable in a way, isn't it? It's not for everybody to understand. Okay. To whom he said... This is the rest wherewith ye may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. Do you have ears to hear? And this is the refresh, oh, sorry, uh, but the word of the Lord was unto them precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here little and there little, that they might go and fall backward, be broken and snared and taken. Oh, that doesn't sound very good at the end, does it? So, he says it twice here, doesn't he? Line upon line, precept upon precept. This is an established thing. You either hear it and you're going to study it and know the word of God and understand it, or you're not going to hear it. Maybe you don't have ears to hear, and to you it means nothing. It also said in Luke 8, Devils, there he goes. Those by the wayside are they that hear and come and then cometh the devil and taketh away the word of their hearts, lest they believe and be saved. Okay, think about that for a minute. It's Satan's goal, like the fowl. There's a hint right there. Fowl going to represent devils in the scriptures. Gary pointed that to me years ago, actually. And he and I had a bit of an argument about that. But we talked about the mustard seed in the tree. And what are the fowls that live in the tree? What do they represent? They represent angels. Right? Some of them are good, some are bad. Fowls here take the seed of the word of God away so that you don't get saved. They want to take the word of God away. So it's been given out. The sower is sending the word out. And Satan wants to take it away so you don't get saved. So, it's up to us to have ears to hear too, isn't it? Do you have ears to hear? Are you allowing the Holy Spirit to break up the fallow grounds? So you have that good soil? Okay, that's what we're looking for. Now, let's talk about it's given to you to know the Word. Let's start with the Word. I'm going to pull out a whiteboard here, have a little fun. Hopefully it's a little fun. I imagine it goes one way and it may not go that way, but we'll try. 
Okay. And pocket full of pens. If we start with the word, word, and I have terrible printing, so sorry about that. The word, word. <laughs> Are there scriptures containing that word or that have that idea in there that you can think of that connect to that? How about Luke 8.11? The seed equals word. Seed equals the word of God. Now, does seed make you think of anything in the scriptures? I can't hear you. Genesis 3.15. And that is the seed of uh, the, the serpent against the, we'll bite at the he, uh, heels of the seed of Eve. Good, very good. So you could put serpent seed, serpent seed, and you could put uh, Eve seed. Who's Eve seed, by the way? Jesus, okay. Now, is there anything there that immediately ties back to the word? Jesus is the word. Okay. So, did you see how that happened? Line upon line? Precept upon precept? Do you see how that connected? Okay. So, now the serpent seed, this is, this is going to be Antichrist. Opposite of Jesus. Okay? So that even, in a sense, connects because he's going to be having mouths full of uh, like asps, right? The, the venom, mouthful of venom, poison, false words, false teaching, false doctrine that goes all the way back around. Okay, word, doctrine. Okay, what's another uh, seed? If we continue from Genesis, we're going to work our way up. Actually, we're told to eat the leaves, the, the seeds, the stuff. So you could put that in there too. How about a coriander seed? Is that Exodus 16, a coriander seed? Uh, what, what was like a coriander seed? Coriander. I don't even know how to spell coriander. Coriander seed. What was like coriander seed? Manna. Manna was like the coriander seed. What was it also called? The bread that came down from heaven? So bread that's from heaven. And Bread from heaven, angel's food it was also called. Every word of God, man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God, Matthew 4.4, 4, Mark 4.4, 4. Um, sorry, Luke 4.4, 4. Uh, Luke 4.4, 4, Matthew 4.4. 4. So man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. It's back, back again, all right? Now, you remember a story of Jonathan, he goes out with his servant, he goes and kills like a thousand bad guys. And he comes back, and he's like famished, and he dips his staff into honey. What did the honey do to, his, do to him? Lightened his eyes. It lightened his eyes. Okay, why did I say that? Because manna tastes like honey. Honey lightens the eyes. 
thy word, sorry, I'm writing it upside down, is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Oh, it lightens the eyes. Honey enlighteneth. And it's sweet. And was there not a time where Ezekiel was in a vision, eating a scroll, and it tasted like, tasted like honey. John had it too. It was bitterness in his belly, but it tasted like honey when he ate it. So that's the book. That's the word of God. And this is just the start. Now, when you're reading the scriptures, especially as you're reading parables and things, you're going to go, I don't understand what it means when the woman takes three urns or whatever vessels and stuffs meal in there with leaven equally. I don't get it. Well, I already gave you a hint earlier. What is leaven? Represents sin, right? Leprosy will represent sin. Thorns represent, th represent sin. So you look at these different themes that come up, and all of a sudden it makes some sense. What are the three sins, by the way, that she was dealing with? They were explained later in John. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, which is exactly what, going back to Genesis 3, Eve was tempted with, which is exactly what Jesus was tempted with. Eve failed, Jesus passed. Same things. And what did Jesus say in that time? Man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded by the mouth of God. When tempted to turn the stones into bread. So everything from this point on, I'm hoping to excite you guys, because that excites me. All right? Everything from this point on, it starts to go, wow. Now, how do you, how do you get to the point of this kind of understanding? Okay, you do what it says in James. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask. If you haven't asked the Lord for wisdom, you don't have ears to hear. It's not a default. You got to ask him. So if you haven't, ask the Lord for wisdom. Give me wisdom, Lord. And then be patient. Then be really patient. Because it might be next year, it might be in five years, it might be tomorrow, where all of a sudden you're driving and you go, oh well, I didn't realize that the scripture was that cohesive or that cool, or it speaks to your heart or convicts you. I mean, God's word is so cool. You have 40 different authors, 66 books over like 3,000 years or more, sorry, for, uh, 40, you know, 3,000 years roughly of, of scripture writing. And how does it all come together where they align? There's a, a really cool scripture that comes up here. Um, now my board's in the way. We'll just move it right out of the way. Whoops. Okay. missing part of that scripture. Uh, it says, uh, supposed to say, seek ye out the book of the Lord. 
Um, shoot. Is that Hebrews 12? I have the electronic version here. We'll find it real quick. Isaiah 34, 16. Seek ye out the book of the Lord and read. No one of these shall fail. So nothing in the scripture is going to fail. We know that God's word is everlasting. It's incorruptible, the incorruptible word of God. Uh, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. These are scriptures that all link together. Same same concept that I'm showing you, how they chain together. It says, uh, none of these shall fail, none shall want her mate, for my mouth it hath commanded, and his spirit it hath gathered them. So, there's a few important things here. One, scriptures link together. None shall want their mate. They all tie together. Okay? And it's by God's spirit. It's by God's spirit that you can understand it. It's actually put together by God's spirit. Jesus said in John 6.63, my words are spirit and they are truth they're spirit and what do we arm ourselves with it's for the spirit which is the word of god right it all goes it all just ties right back together and the word word is like the, the coolest starting place to start okay when if you're looking into this you want to find it out so if i go go back uh i don't know say roughly three years ago you know, with my wife, I started sticking a bunch of papers on the wall, which was like this. I'd write a verse down, pin it on the wall, and then I'd write another one down that's close to it, pin it on the wall, and it just started turning into this whole wall uh, um, of scriptures, which is, it's kind of cool. It's like osmosis right now. Um, there is a, a rough map around in the paper space on it, and I, I have that tucked in my Bible, and that is uh, just starting with the word, word. And just going all over the place, wherever these like lines would lead us. So, I decided to kind of redo it. Um, I missed something here. I want to. Oh, the Proverbs eleven thirty in King James: uh, "The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise." Talking about wisdom, right? Okay. Here's uh, the word, and apparently the number size six font. When I expand it, is uh, illegible. Um, so, <laughs> I'm not going to be able to see everything. <laughs> I warned over that. Um, every one of those green boxes says the word, and it's in a part of a scripture. So, like the seed is the word of God, or um, my words, Jesus is the word, those kind of things. And it just goes like crazy. That's exactly right. I have to keep expanding the background. When, when done, there's more underneath that you can't see. <laughs> I had to stop somewhere. Now, what I haven't been able to do is go back and take every thought that just popped like popcorn as I was doing this. And this is... Uh, something. When, oh, was it still going? Okay. Maybe I just didn't realize it's still going. So... Um, the point here I'm trying to show you is that it is 
all tied together. And if you can start somewhere, like a parable like this, where Jesus says, if you don't get this, you're not going to get the rest of it, okay? And I can give this to anybody that wants it. It's just in the PowerPoint slide. But I do need to go back and actually put the scriptures, because right now there's some scriptures in there. Most of it is actually just like a part of it, where I went in my brain. I went, oh, you know, the word is a seed. Put it in there. And then uh, that word is a lamp. Put it in there, okay? So every one of these boxes is basically just like that. And I'm going, putting it in. And then line, oh, that connects to that, and that connects to that. Now, if this was three-dimensional, you know, then I could get that a little better. But, uh, you know, actually, I'll, I, I tried to find software that will let me do this. I could not find a hierarchical-type software that would do multiple connections. I, tr I, I started on apps, and I tried it on the computer, and I just couldn't. So, and then I'm like, well, I'll just try and represent it that way. Anyway. So, uh, yeah, it's crazy, uh, and it starts getting into, like, well, how numbers represent different things, too. So, you know me, I also like numbers as indexes in the Bible. What does the three mean? It's connected to sin, actually, like three, the three um, sins that we talked about. Um, it's also connected to the Trinity. So, on one hand, it's sin, on one hand, it's Trinity. So, you can learn a whole lot once you crack that nut, once you start exploring what we're told here, okay? So... It's given to you to know. The question is, do you have ears to hear? Actually, Jesus kind of expanded on that a little bit. Um, he said that having eyes to see as well, which I have lost my place here. See, uh, seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand. So what we're talking about is, do you have ears, not just your physical ears, but Will you, are you willing in your heart uh, to understand? Or is there something in the way from you being able to hear that? Now, what could be in the way of you being able to understand that? Any, anybody? What can be in the way of you being able to understand that? Sin? Uh, iniquity have I hid in my heart, right? That I will not hear you, right? Or you will not hear me, sorry. David said, because of the iniquity in my heart, you won't hear me. I can't remember the verse. I think it's in a psalm. Okay, so if you harbor iniquity in your heart, then your prayer life is being shunted, isn't it? So you have to confess your sins and be open with the Lord, and that way you can hear him. How do you interpret the word of God? By his spirit. And if you don't have his Holy Spirit in you, how will you understand the word? You can't. Right? So... You need the Holy Spirit inside you. How do you get the Holy Spirit inside you? And believe and repent, right? You have to have the Lord in your life. Now, who does the work of repentance, just so I get that clear? No one comes to me and said, you're talking about work now. Yeah, I'm talking about work. So it's the Holy Spirit's work, not yours. So that's, that's easy and done, right? So the Holy Spirit will dwell inside you when you are a child of God, when you're, you're being regenerated. And yeah, he gives you a conscience. It bears witness of sin in your life so that you can confess it and be clean. And he sanctifies you so that you're being changed, you're being transformed, you're being regenerated. All these are scriptural words that connect together, and they're over here. <laughs> so um, you can move a lot of this around, of course, because it, it just connects. But. Um, 
there's a scripture over here that says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, okay? So you can't sit there being willingly ignorant. P- Peter said that in 2 Peter. He said that they're willingly ignorant. So it's a choice, isn't it? Will you choose to submit to the Lord? Or will you harden your heart? You know, Pharaoh heart has a hard, hard heart. And he saw testimony after testimony after testimony. Moses said, this will happen. Plague happened. Ten times. Lost his own son. Kept his hard heart. So don't be like Pharaoh, who didn't have ears to hear. He didn't have eyes to see, despite it being right in front of him. And I'm sure you know people that are like that, despite your best efforts, despite the obvious right in front of them, their heart is hard. Do you know, there's another man in Scripture, his name is Neb, Nebuchadnezzar. If you read through the beginning of Daniel, you get to see how God softened that man's heart. That took seven years on a mountainside, uh, running around with long nails and hair and like a donkey. But in the end, his mind broke and he repented and declared God good. So you could be like Pharaoh and you could harden your heart and end up drowned in the depths of the sea, which represents what? The Red Sea. What do you think that represents? Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, right? It's the, the depths, the abyss, hell. It represents hell. So where did he go? He went down. Where did Nebuchadnezzar go? Well, he was restored. Restored after seven years. There's kind of a, kind of a message in there, too, I think, isn't there? So, what I would encourage you all to do, if you don't do this already in your life, maybe you do, uh, but when I talk to people and I get all excited, usually they're like, oh, I didn't know that. I don't know that. So I just like to share things. If I think somebody doesn't know, I share it. And this is it. Okay? This is it. Have ears to hear. Okay? Let the Holy Spirit in your life to explain this stuff to you and ask for wisdom and have ears to hear. Right? Because otherwise, remember what I said, the devil comes in and take the seed away so that you don't hear, so you don't get saved, okay? So, now if you, you, I think many here are saved, so I'm not trying to say that you're not. Again, I don't know, so I always preach Christ and him crucified, all right? So, if you need a copy of this, I can give it, but I will give a better copy when I put more time into going back and adding all the scriptures in there. It's going to get bigger, because there's more, it needs more space. But, uh, it's very exciting to me, and I hope it's exciting to you. Heavenly Father, I ask in Jesus' name that you would uh, give us wisdom. Uh, wisdom that is foolishness to the world, but is, uh, it's really life. Uh, the other scripture that was this morning from Proverbs 1-7 says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And Lord, uh, if anyone here hasn't repented, hasn't given their life to you, I pray that you would make them fearful. And in a way that when when someone is near the edge of a cliff, that they fear falling, that they reach out, they call out, Lord, you said all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I ask that anyone here that isn't, anyone that hears this message later, that isn't, that they would call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and that they would be saved, and that they would walk with you, your Holy Spirit would dwell, and uh, you would give them wisdom so that they would understand, and 
Lord, that, that is the good soil. That is the soil that yields 30, 60, 100 fold. Lord, we pray that that would be happening here, that we would all go out and uh, make disciples 30, 60, 100 fold. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We praise you. Amen.